Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Now, I spoke to Gail back in August of last year. She got in touch after she was forced to miss her own mother's funeral when she couldn't get respite care for her son. And Gail is the full-time carer of her 22-year-old son, Luca, in their home. She was hoping to get more help, more help for people like herself and for Luca as well. And I went to Gail's home yesterday to meet with her, to meet with Luca and to see what her daily life is like and really to find out if there had been any update or change to their situation. It's getting um, worse. I have to say nothing has changed, unfortunately. Um, I spoke to you after mum died in August, if you remember, and I'd already been the guts of the year here at home on my own with Luca since February, you know basically incarcerated in the home with him, bar the mad dash, maybe just to test two, three items, leave him in the car and run back out because I can't take him out of the car. So absolutely nothing has changed. And my father is going downhill. He'll be 91 on Thursday. I'd love to be able to visit him and I won't be able to. Um, and that's awful because he'd be expecting me, you know, because he still knows who I am. Um, Mum didn't recognise me for seven years, but Dad does, and that's a real blessing because I'm the only one in the family that he recognises. I'm his daughter, his only daughter. Um, and my health has suffered. I obviously can't go for my letters and letters and letters for breast check because I don't show up and can't show up, and I have to tell them there's nobody to mind my son. Colon checks. I can't do any of the things that you have to do, you know, at this age. Um, and basically, I just can't do anything. I get respite at three o'clock every 14 days till six o'clock on a Sunday and there is nothing open that I need to attend to via my dentist or hospital appointments at that time. So talk about packing your life into every 14 days on a Saturday. It's not possible. So you get respite for for Luca um, every two weeks from a from a Friday evening basically overnight overnight Saturday. Yeah I get one full day I get the Friday night which really is redundant to me because I can do nothing. And I've often said I'll forgo that to have full days, please. You know, even up to the Monday. There's no movement on it. There's no um, interaction with the service provider. They just don't come back to me. They don't even answer questions on his, on his service. I can get no response from them. They don't work with me. Um, and it's certainly getting worse because Luke is really regressing. He's not doing any of the activities and there's no progress with him, despite him having behaviour therapists, you know, um, working with him. He's not getting progress. There's no goals and targets being reached. He's gone back and back and back. And of course, the fallout of that is for me as the main carer, when he comes home, then it's really, really bad for me because he's upset, he's agitated and his needs have not been met that he's maybe been waiting for for two weeks that I couldn't do on my own with him, you know, because he's a six footer and, you know, I'm not, I'm not that young and I'm not that size. I, this is my first time obviously to meet Luca today. And And he's calm at the moment. You can see him making popcorn and the requests come back to back to back. Popcorn. Yeah. Popcorn. And we're going to give it to you in a minute. May you get a bowl, please? A bowl. But Luca's like, Luke is a he's a he's a man. He's a man. Twenty two years of age. He's now a man. He's still my baby, but he's a man. Yeah. But he needs someone with him all of the time to supervise his shower. He can do it. He's very clean, but he and he can lay his clothes. But he needs someone with him all of the time to do everything. He couldn't use a cooker. He wouldn't know the hot too hot in the shower. He'd be scalded. Do you know what I mean? You have to be there to prompt him. Yeah. 
he'd get in his clothes wet, like you couldn't, you have to make sure he dries himself and everything. But he's unsocialized and he's not had that opportunity. I mean, people w will say now right away, oh, well, at least she gets respite. But come on, he has no day program. He has an entitlement to a day program five days a week, 30 hours a week is the entitlement of citizens in this country with these, um, he's intellectual and autism, profound autism. You have to have a day program that's providing opportunities and we're here over the shoulder watching and watching what yeah. he's doing because he'd be into mischief enough luca that's enough fix your jumper cover up cover up um so he we we here watching him but like he needs to go somewhere every day to leave the house to have a purpose to do something meaningful yeah. but to be getting because a bit of education otherwise Gail, what what's happening and for people that don't know and and you've explained this to me off air is that you know from six in the morning till bedtime at night it's you and luca here in the house and you are his carer his teacher his mum his friend Doctor, his nurse his everything yeah his there's therapist no, there is no other interaction there's, there's nobody no call who does nobody checks on us nobody calls nothing happens there's nobody to reach out to there's no disability manager there's nobody there's nothing and they all have my numbers in the area we've been shipped to his funding package has disappeared since we moved from ch09 we were told it would follow us it's disappeared into thin air and nobody's accountable there's no willing to work with luca or to help him when you have a service provider even on the respite and rabbit um kindly said on your show the last time you know that we want to sweat the assets we want to get them to work to wrap around the family mm. to support it Quite the opposite's happened for me. I couldn't even ask for an hour. I couldn't ring up my service provider and say, I have to go to the hospital. And they wouldn't even answer the phone to me. There's nobody to reach out to, to, to get help. Because when, when you do get the respite for Luca, which happens every two weeks from a Friday to Sunday, as you say, everything that you need to do in that time, every medical appointment, every dentist, every doctor, every... Business, anything, everything. We do in they're life, anything we do in life, don't run on a, sun, on a Saturday. You know, they just don't, they're closed. There is no hospital appointments being given out for Saturday. So when, when you need the emergency respite to step in on the date for your mammogram or an appointment or the or dentist. Burial of your, or the burial of your, your parent. Has that still dying, not happened? Or, no, or the dying of your, you know, your, your, my father is 91 now on Thursday and I won't be able to visit, like I said. And, you know, he's poorly and I like to visit him when I can. But some weekends when I'm off every two weeks, if I'm not feeling great, I'm not going in because I mightn't feel well. I would be afraid I'd bring something in there or come back sick then to try yeah. and look after Luca because I've not been well at all several times and my doctor has wrote to the HSC and said like this is I don't want this to end really bad or tragic I don't know what the outcome will be like she wrote last um October and said I want her heart checked she gave me a phone consultation I want her to go in and get her heart checked and everything because her symptoms are not good but we're still here no respite. So you have nobody. There, there is no emergency no. respite care being there provided despite if every promise. I fall promise. down the stairs and I'm at the end of the stairs, there is nobody to call for my son. I would have to call an ambulance. And here's Luca looking for another request. So this is our day all day. We have a timer. He'll make a request. He'll put the timer on and he'll hope that that request will then happen. But he looks for shop. That means to go out. But we can't actually go out. Shop. Now, it wouldn't be safe at the moment to put Luca in a car because you can see his presentation. So, you know, he's highly volatile and unpredictable. Um, Stop. Stop. So I know when Stop. I know his gut is clearer and he's a little bit calmer and he's been sleeping and eating Stop. better, 
I sometimes take the risk and do a close little run. And I can't understand this Stop. either. Stop. We asked the HSC when we got here Stop. to put him into Stop. praxis in Blanche, where there'll be Stop. people he know. And I rang them myself and said they said the HSC had to make the referral. Stop, and I've asked the HSC Stop. for a year to make referral to practice or autism initiatives or resilience. And I've had no answers and they've not done it. And we're not a new application. They have us. They know who we are and they've refused to do it. Can somebody in government intervene, please, and tell me why this is happening? This is obviously the little timer that you yes, have. This is the timer. Can you hear it? So I live with this ticking. There'd be a chicken or a monkey. I live with this ticking and I won't lie. Sometimes these monkeys have flown. That's the because there's a, a Luca has a request for something. Yeah. Is it? That's... And he's eating a bowl of popcorn and he's after eating an apple. And he's, eat, he's made requests for food nonstop since eight o'clock this morning. So this is where he spends his day. He's been in the den yeah. kitchen all day long, every day. Stop. And this is where Stop. we've spent 365 Stop. days. Stop. So far. Stop. 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 And the massive have run from a house would be half an hour. You know what I mean? There Stop. and back. But it's a big risk. Luca was quite boisterous in December in the car in heavy traffic coming home with me one evening. And um, while I do have a special belt for him now, you know, he sits mm. in the back, but he can still reach me. And it was heavy traffic and I couldn't go home and he doesn't do waiting. And he kicked off. And I had to actually pull in the guard station in the village. Mm -hmm. And the guards were lovely. And I got very badly hurt because I leaned into the car to stop Luca banging his own head and he got a hold of my neck and my back and my hair was torn out. And my neck was, you could hear the clicks in it. I was in bits. So I had to go into the guard station and we had to decide how could we get the car and Luca home safely now because he was using his feet to kick. Um, so we had to have one guard sit in the back of the car stop. while I could drive stop my car please. home. And then stop the please. two of them, no, the two of them come into the house in which they saw again how he turned on me. They'd never do anything with the likes of Luca, even as a young man, you know, really? if there was aggression, because um, there's no role for them. What would happen? They'd have to call a doctor to assess him, and then he'd wrongfully be dropped into some institution, which would be wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Temporarily, they said. So they don't do that. That's their policy. The guards instructed me, if something happened again, my only option is to ring an ambulance. Luke is not normally aggressive, but since the withdrawal of his services and the withdrawal of his one-to-one, because he's a one-to-one, he doesn't cope with lots of different people. In COVID, you see, his school ended in that time when we were all sent home. Luca didn't get to finish school. School ended. He's been left in temporary situations with then and then with nothing. So naturally, he's going to become frustrated and lash out and do angry stuff and take it out on his parent or whoever when he comes home. Because how else is he going to communicate that something's very wrong? And eventually then it returned to him tearing his own hair out, tearing his skin, which, as you can see, is yep. quite bad right yep. now. He's badly bruised. He, he's abrased his face completely. And the bashing his t- Thursday night was because for three days he was asking for his respite. He's asking for it when the weekend is approaching. He asks for it. He's given up asking for the day service, you know, months now because he kind of got used yes. to nobody was showing up. Before that, he used to stand at the door with his bag and nobody would come. Look, it's just, we're not living. We're not living, though. We're existing. I can't have anybody in, you know. I don't know what he will do. You know, the unpredictability of him. He needs to get out. He needs fresh air. We're basically incarcerated in our home. I can make emergency dashes to the local shop, but he wouldn't get out and come in. And if he did, I'd be afraid because I'd probably end up on the floor of the supermarket because he could bolt from me and I'm not going to be able to hold on to him. 
He's a two-person job. He wasn't that prior to COVID. We can't take a walk even, an exercise. Now that has implications for your health. Because if you don't for get your health, my yeah. health, mostly my health, he's gained weight. And but if you're not moving enough, all sorts of going without going into too many details, yeah. problems happen. I mean, constipation, you have everything and problems that result out of that clots. Everything can occur out of not being able to take a walk daily. I mean, I have felt so bad at times. I thought when he goes to sleep at two in the morning, will I take a walk? And I haven't. And I didn't because it wouldn't be safe. Um, either way but that's how desperate I have felt for the need for fresh air and walk Christmas was horrendous for me I lost my mum and I was here all over Christmas in the past we used to have extra respite for Christmas okay. we've had none of that we've just been left here to rot like literally to rot I want to look after my son I'm not looking to put him in residential a bit of education a bit of you know inclusion in society yeah. Thus, I will then have inclusion in society because I will get to that coffee shop or get to that yoga class or get out for that walk. Dentist appointment. Oh, my dentist appointment, my hospital appointments. And I get to my mum's graveside, get into my dad more often while I have him and mix. The point around the daycare services, Mm. that's provided, is it through the HSE, through a private provider? HSE, but the HSE, everything is into private providers because they're they don't have the people themselves so everything is franchised out if you like that's my understanding of it but the problem is the providers a lot of them seem to be running the show well certainly my experience of it is they're saying when they'll work and when they want to work there's no support we need an agency from the hsc that's going to be a wraparound service to my son with behavioral intervention that's going to work with the family and say when do you need it what do you need and this is what we're going to do I know the, the Minister for Disabilities, Anne Rabbit, and the, the Minister came in and, and met with in, us and great, yeah. spoke to us. Absolutely. And as you've said today, nothing has changed and at I all. I told her at the time, that I said that at the time, I said, I'm sorry, I mean, it's very good of you to come in. And I really, she spoke very genuinely and I believe, I believe her, but I believe she's a difficulty herself, that the HSE are just not answerable to anybody. The greatest amount of money goes into the HSE, but I do not know where it's going. Somebody please explain to me where my son, Luca Murphy Boucher's funding package has gone that we were told would travel with us from CH09 to CH07 without fail. Where has it gone? Because I have not been able to access any support or day programme for my 22-year-old son, who's a citizen. He's not been able to access services or help and can't speak up for himself. I'm his carer, but I'm his, also his advocate, his chief advocate. And we have inundated the HSE and the government with requests, but we have just been left here. I'm, that's literally, they've left us socially I'm sorry, excluded. This, this, and, the, and, and, and this care package that you talk about, yeah. this is the funding to allow for Luca to go to, to school, basically, Four every single program. day. It's not school, but it would be adult day programs. Uh, program. Most adults yeah. with these difficulties would have a 30 hours allocated to them across the week. Yeah, and he um, has funding approved for that. He had funding But it is just sitting idle. But, it, well, we, we would like to know, we'd like to ask the government and the minister and anybody who can answer this question, where has that funding package gone? Because we have been allocated no disability manager from CHO7. Nobody speaks to us. There are no answers so there's a missing package of funding was taken away from Luca Murphy Boucher that I might add, I fought all of his life for every step of the mm. way. I mean, I've had to make literally this my full time job. There is no way I could hold down a job outside the home. 
because I can barely get five hours sleep a night. Okay, so I have no life. I've given up my life for this. But the only thing the HSE seem to want to do is look for residential places for kids. I don't want a residential place for my young adult. I never have wanted that. No point have I ever mm. said I want that. I want his rights to social inclusion and a day programme. So for him to leave the home, because once he has that, I get my life back. I just want to ask you about that, Gail, um, because we're here and we're in your home today and, and your lovely home. And I'm obviously meeting you in person for the first time today. But how are you? How is the impact of all of this in the past couple of months? And I'm thinking that things were going to change. I mean, told there was going to be some change. How are, how are you doing? It's really, really nice of you to ask me that question. It's an emotional one because nobody ever asks me that. Um, and I'll take a minute for my yeah, breath, I but and I'm I I'm so glad you asked, and it's it comes from the heart. It's, it's not lying. I've had some very low times. I've had some very blue moods and some very low times, and I would be a liar to say different because the sheer isolation of living like this alone. Because my son is with me, yes, and we love each other, and I love him, yeah. and I do anything for him. But there's no doubt it's seriously hard work, and it takes its toll. I'm in burnout and survival mode, particularly the last year and a half. I went through a move, my mother dying and been left with no service for my 22 year old now man. And I've been left to care for him round the clock and, and I will go above and beyond, but I'm not good. I'm worried about my health. I turned 60, I don't like saying that, but I turned 60 in November. It wasn't marked, I couldn't mark it. I asked for my birthday off, I couldn't do it. It was meant nothing to me anyway, but it's like I'm invisible. I feel invisible. I feel like, I, do you know what delights me? It's the kindness of strangers. But if somebody starts to chat to me in a coffee shop, I love it. I'm starved of interaction and I am a social animal. Yeah. I'm starved of it. And I feel like I've been robbed of my life, particularly since COVID and since what's happened to Luke. I actually feel cheated and robbed. I can't get my life back now. You know, it's gone. My opportunities like for a relationship or a life of my own are gone. I would love to work and I don't understand it. I don't understand why. And I feel very angry and very annoyed and have no looking forward to politicians knocking on the door. But I know they'll run from me. That's Gail's story. Um, it's pretty incredible when you meet Gail and Luca and you see what day to day living and what life is like. It's 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 incredibly hard. You'd want to be made of stone not to feel for Gail and Luca. Um, and it's the isolation. And I actually think it's Gail's own personal story that probably really struck me in meeting her in person yesterday. We have reached out to the HSE for a comment on this. They've told us to get in contact directly with the community healthcare organisations. Uh, these are these CHOs that you heard Gail mentioned there a number of times in that piece. We've done that. Lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com is the email address. We will have more on this in a few moments. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Finnegale Senator Mary Siri Carney is with me here today on Lunchtime Live. Mary, you were listening to Gail's story there just before the break. What's your reaction? Um, I, I, part of me is speechless, to be perfectly honest, Andrea. I mean, at a, at a human level, you hear uh, Gail and 
imagine a woman holding her newborn baby and in the future envisaging this to be her life um, with that baby, uh, you know, and that her, her grown son is so incredibly failed by the state and that she is so incredibly failed by the state. So there's no justification for it whatsoever. And there needs to be accountability for how come you last spoke to her last September and she had nothing at that stage. And that stage, it was unconscionable. Here we are, however many months later, and it is even more unconscionable that there are professionals within the HSC who are aware of this situation and nothing has happened. And I'd like to say that she's unique, but she isn't. That's a fact. So it is outrageous that... You have two people who are human rights holders in this state who are not uh, facilitated to live their best life. You know, very simple things like wanting to have a cup of coffee. Like, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I mean, she, her own story, her idea of being so desperate for company um, is, is just heartbreaking. But the idea of her son, of Luca, standing at the door waiting for his day, um, his daycare to come and collect him his services that he was in a, in a routine and a habit of and that that has been so failed and that that package has not been honoured by CHO7 is, a, is a deplorable to be perfectly honest. I have a statement. So I'm anger. <laughs> I have yeah. a statement back from um, from CHO7 and if you're just joining us this is the Community Healthcare Organisation. We contacted the HSE. They told us to get in touch with the Community Healthcare Organisation and the seven relates to the, the area, the demographic, the part of the country that we're talking about. If you just bear with me Mary for a moment. Um, yeah. Yeah. HSE Dublin South Kildare and West Wicklow not in a position to comment on individual cases but can confirm that the disability service team will make direct contact with the service user concerned to address their their concerns. The area, the disability services for this Dublin, Kildare, West Wicklow area can confirm that day services funding is transferable between the CHO areas. So that's Gail asking did, did the funding package move from nine to seven? Um, they're saying here that it, 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 it can do. And the disability services work with service users and their families following a move between areas to provide appropriate supports for them in their new location under the new directions policy. The disability services, they have a young adult team in place to provide support to young people who are attending or wish to access day services to other supports and things like respite care. That's one of the questions Gail's been asking is where is the behaviour intervention for Luca Monday to Friday? The statement goes on, respite and emergency respite is available with the consent of the person we support and or their carer, but a full assessment is required to ensure the appropriate staff and supports are available to the individual's needs and therefore is difficult to arrange at short notice. We'll continue to work closely with the young people with disabilities and their families to support their individual needs with the range of supports that we can provide. One of the things, um, Mary, that really, really struck me yesterday was looking at the number of letters that Gail received from the likes of a a breast check for for mammogram appointments, appointments that she cannot attend because she cannot get a carer to come in to relieve her for a couple of hours on a scheduled date to go and get a routine breast check that they're constantly shouting up and down the country telling women to go and do it. And yet there can't be somebody pulled off a panel to facilitate this. Yeah, I mean, all of these life, normal life events, are foreseeable. But but let's just go back to that statement for a moment, Andrea. 
the idea that this is a young man who has been known to disability services probably all of his life. And he changes CHO area and now he needs a full assessment. I, somebody needs to explain the logic of that to me because there is no logic. There should be a handover. There should be a, a, a follow-up. There should be previous assessments. All of that should just automatically hand over from one CHO to the next. It would, if this was private business, there would be an automatic transfer when there are big changes. You know, there would be foreseeable planning. There would be a system in place. I, for the life of me, I can't understand it. You know, I, I know Bernard Gloucester is in there and I actually have faith in the man. I had dealings with him through Tusla and he was fantastic in anything I ever asked of him. So I believe he'll go in and, and take these sort of things by the scruff of the neck. But by God, do they need to? Now, that's, and I need to say, there's loads of the HSC that functions exceptionally mm. well. But in this area, it is outrageous. It's outrageous. The idea, you know, we, we had last week, we had um, the Child Law Project and a girl in a room off an emergency department for 60 days and the HSC had the goal to go into the courts and say that it didn't do her any harm, having no natural light, no ability to go outside, no Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. no, um, no TV for all that period and that it didn't do her any harm. What, what planet are these people on? Do you know, I have a message in from Jill in, who says, I'm Jill in tears in Cork. Once again, yeah. I've received a glimpse of my own possible future. I feel so sorry for Gail. I admire her strength wherever she manages to, to drag it from. Take a listen to the Minister um, with Responsible for Disabilities, Mary Ann Rabbit. She was with me here on Lunchtime Live last September to respond to Gail's initial story it's unacceptable and that's why I have to start at the very basics and put in a framework like I'm not the operational manager of the HSE some days I feel like I am the operational manager of the HSE because I'm trying to put in place systems or suggestion systems that I shouldn't have to suggest but when it comes to the critical piece of where somebody's mum or partner or loved one passes away and they want to attend the funeral and they can't we need to have a proper plan of I call it no different to news talk, the panel of support. This is a priority, Andrea. Sweat the assets, use what we have and bring relief immediately. Yeah, that's Anne Rabbit talking to me here uh, just last year. I have to, like, The Minister, she was very taken and, and very sympathetic to Gail, Gail and, and Luca and their story and there was no, no, no question, no doubt about that. She was critical of how Gail's situation was dealt with as well, actually. And she confirmed to me here at the time on Lunchtime Live that having a panel of supports available for carers is something that she's committing to. She committed to it here in this studio in Diggs Lane, in Dublin. In fact, she told me as well, it was a priority. A priority. And yet I'm out visiting Gail in Dublin yesterday and she says nothing, as you just heard before the break. Nothing, absolutely nothing has changed. In actual fact, you could argue it's got worse. It's got completely worse because Gail is now at her wit's end. So, Mary Siri Kearney, where does Gail's situation and her story go from here? Well, I, I think let's do a couple of things. First of all, the, the minister is exceptionally sincere. She doesn't say anything she doesn't mean. Um, I, I took an opportunity um, to have a word with her this morning. Um, she happened to be in the Shannon and I asked her uh, and said, OK, you remember this. This is where we're at. What has been done since? And what has been done since is she has allocated 15 million in, in, in for particular services that's been delivered in three ways. One is the, this alternative respite after school, that sort of things 
The second thing is centre-based. And the third thing is this shared space uh, for mid to late teens. Um, and then she's also looking at an older adult um, where you have parents greater than 65 and um, that there's Saturday Club and there's activities. We are still, this is January, it takes until March for the HSE to come out with its service plan uh, for 2024 if we were to go by the model of last year, which was that it was in March, late March, um, when they produced their service plan for 2023. So presumably by the end of March, and we will see how they're spending the 100 million additional monies that they got in the in the budget and how they'll spend and what that'll look like of that particular 15 million. So, so at, a, at that macro level, the minister has delivered, went in, advocated, and certainly has has delivered for these services. But in the day to day of Gail's life and Luca's life and many of the other parents around the country, they need to see the tangible support. They need to be phoned up and said there is a panel here. So I will be looking for, for that in the in the services plan to say where is this? It's it's foreseeable that people will have life events that they will need relief. That there, I, I don't. I for the life of me can't understand. There's because no I imagine the the, the, the announcement. I announce. I imagine Mary. Yeah. Sorry, the announcement of the service plan from the HSC at the end of March will be fairly cold comfort to Gail today. It's no good to to Gail today. It's absolutely no good, and she shouldn't have to come on the radio to tell her story to get to get somebody from the HSE to send in an email to you to say oh we'll, we will respond to the we'll give her a call to, you know, this and we'll give her a call they should have done that when they got the first email from her to say I've changed CHO nothing is, is forthcoming where is it there should have been a response you know Bernard Gloucester was in with the Children's Committee recently and said you know where is the complaints mechanism where where are all of these things and and to be fair, he is, he is on top of it and saying, yes, it's necessary. But that will only have currency for a certain period of time. And after that, it is about delivery. Yeah. And where is the delivery for families? Because like that lady um, texting into you, this is a prospect for any parent Absolutely. of a child. And, the base- and, and no, that relationship shouldn't be interfered with. You know, Gail is clearly absolutely loves and devoted to her son. And no doubt he loves her. But they still have rights to independent lives and independent um, opportunities for for to live a life and not to have a life where she is, in her own words, incarcerated. If this was the jails, we'd have a system where you go in and you get a habeas. She'd actually have more freedom. She'd have more freedom if she was in the jail. She would have much more freedom. So it is outrageous and it is intolerable. And it is time that we started long since. And thanks to yourself for airing this last September, you know, to get a momentum around making sure that this is a priority. I am our own first uh, first to term parliamentary party thinking last week this was my subject I, the, the bit that, that I, I still six months on, the bit that I cannot get my head around with the department that is the highest budget of any other portfolio in the country and that we cannot manage to have a panel of people who can be subbed in to relieve carers for something like a medical appointment. She's not looking to get her hair done. She's not going off on a jolly or to get her nails done. She's talking about going to it for a mammogram. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the the Family Carers Ireland, who are fantastic advocates in this area, they, they will say, you know, at the end of the day, they feel that it is known that they won't abandon their children at the gates of Leinster House. They, they won't give up because these are, these are their flesh and blood and they love and adore them. So as a consequence, there's an advantage taken of that, you know, and, 
and we have I, I'm, I'll leave you now to go down back down to the Shannon to debate the two referendums that are coming up but one of them is about that mm. family Will it be discussed in the Shannon Mary? Care. Will it be discussed? It will it? The, 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 yes, the, I raised this yesterday with the minister in okay. the context of the first so two of yeah. this to say, you know, this us elevating and putting family care into the constitution has to show real tangible improvement yeah, in saying families need to be supported, need to be, and certainly no advantage needs to be taken yeah. care of or okay. some desensitised because it would appear to me that people in the HSE are completely desensitised to, to the right of Gail to live her life. And even if she does want to go out and get her nails done, she's perfectly more than, entitled more than to entitled to. Um, Fine Gael Senator Mary Siri Carney. Mary, thank you for, for joining us again today um, on the programme. I do want to thank Gail as well on a personal level and, and Luca for um, inviting me and allowing me into their into their home and into their personal and their, their private space yesterday. It really, really struck me meeting them. And I know that Gail's story is one of so many stories replicated across this country today and I think that's the that's probably the very difficult part. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan weekdays at midday brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.